Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 489. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakeshaw. Hey, Kevin. Hello. Uh, this week on the show, we're going to be taking a look at Talk To Me, which is available now on VOD platforms. We're also going to be going over some of we're watching on the watch list and new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, new Save by the 90s is being recorded this week, so stay tuned for the uh, September episode of that. We're going to be talking about uh, f- fantasy movies, including Jumanji, Hook. These are like family fantasy movies. And Sino Man. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me just tell you, rewatching Encino Man in 2023 is uh, is something else. Oh, and, I bet. Yep. And then uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is the fourth one. So stay tuned for that. Very excited to talk about those. I also watched the the newer Jumanji movies, the ones that came out, you know, the ones with The Rock that came out a few years ago. I'm sorry, but did you say movies as in plural? Yeah, they made two new ones. There was they one, two new ones. Yeah, one came out in 2017, and then one came out in 2019. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so you know, uh, I'll talk about those on on that episode as well. Uh, with that, let's go ahead and get into our review. We're talking about Talk to Me, uh, which is it had a really good theatrical run, and then uh, now it's available on uh, like the premium VOD platforms. This is directed by Danny and Michael Philippou. I have a synopsis here. When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. Kevin, we'll start with you. What were your initial impressions of Talk to Me? Uh, I was uh, slightly excited for this. I guess, like, marginally excited. Just because of all the good things that I've been hearing. Yeah, this one, this one got a lot of hype. A lot of hype. But the weird thing, too, is I still was able to somehow not have any idea what the fuck this was about. Mm. Like, I just knew I just knew the hand. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I've seen the poster. Yeah. And I've seen the hand. But I didn't even know what the hand did or what it was. So, this was kind of exciting going in. And it starts off really strong. I really like how it starts. And then... It feels like it's trying to have a message, and it doesn't quite know what to do with its message or how to communicate that message, and it just gets messy. And worst of all, not only does it get messy and like the logistics of everything just kind of falls apart, it becomes rather uneventful. Yeah, unfortunately, I I slightly agree with you. Uh, I agree with you about the... Actually, I, I agree with everything that you said. I um I don't think like for me, I still enjoyed this overall. I think that it, it this is a the movie that has a lot going for it. I do think that there were some missteps along the way, certainly, but the overall package I think was still quite good. I I think I do think that the messaging is certainly muddled, especially like the stuff with her mom and all of that. Like it just doesn't quite work um but i i like the way that it the the way that it ends i feel like a lot of kind of mainstream movies wouldn't go for that kind of conclusion Um, i did i did thoroughly enjoy the ending yeah that that won me that won me back a little bit yeah um but it just felt like it's straight too far 
just got too lost in the weeds, so to speak. It's funny, like, uh, so when I first started watching this, uh, my wife was in the room and she, she, uh, we, we had to like, I think we had to like pause it because of the, the baby or something. And I watched the rest of it on my own. And the next day she asked me about how it ended and where she walked away was in my opinion, during one of the, mo- like the craziest kind of most horrific scenes. It was when the, when Riley first, I think his name was Riley mm. when he first, you know, did the hand and, mm-hmm. um, I told her, I was like, you know, surprisingly, like where you left, like that was kind of the big, really the big moment. And there were, there might've been like one, one or two other things here and there. But from that, from that point on, I mean, it was a, there was, it was pretty subtle, surprisingly. So I was expecting it to be way more like mm-hmm. intense uh, as it, as it progressed, but it, it actually it, it does kind of peak and then kind of goes back down. There was that other scene that happened in the, in the hospital with Riley, but you know, for the most part, uh, I, I was kind of surprised at the fact that it, it, that it is, it seems like it's designed to be one of these like quote unquote prestige horror titles or whatever. No elevated horror. That's right. Elevated horror. There's the, it, yeah, se- it, it seems to be designed to be one, one of those titles. I mean, this is a 24 after all, and it feels very, um, inspired by like hereditary and and in that regard and maybe maybe i I was looking for a little bit more james wan and a little less ari aster yeah i and and i think you hit the nail on the head there is that like it peaks real early right which again is for me it like it had that promise and i was like okay well here we go we've we've peaked and now we've now we're into the territory of like shit is happening never mind that it didn't quite make sense as to why like things kicked off the way it did which i'm fine with i don't need it to make sense but the fact that they followed it up with like the next 45 minutes of like hey we're gonna try and make this make sense like there's a message here and it's like yeah no it like it doesn't let's just not do that and let's just be you know kind of like an entertaining horror movie because i don't need the the muddled uh, and I I don't even know if it's problematic or what in terms of like what it has to say about suicide because I'm not 100% sure what it's trying to say but yeah it is it is a little bit yeah it's a little bit uh, confusing and I confusing and worrisome enough that I'm like I don't want to parse it I'm just going to leave it (laughs) I'm just going to leave it as is because I have a feeling that if I do parse it out, that I'm going to be even more frustrated or concerned, if that makes sense. I will say that like the way that it kind of, the ending did recover, you know, some of the, the goodwill that it lost, but I don't know if it was enough. It's just, it was a letdown. It was a letdown. I guess I was a little bit let down by it. I was extremely hyped for this. Like I was very excited, highly anticipated. Um, so I guess my expectations might've been a little bit too, too high for it. However, I, there's still a lot to like for me on this one. Like the, I liked all the effects work. I thought that there were a lot of really kind of creepy moments. Um, it's, I mean, looking at 2023's horror output, 
I think that this is still in the kind of upper echelon of like quality horror titles. Um, that's I know that that's not saying a lot because there hasn't been like a ton of really great horror movies that have come out yet this year, but I think it's still solidly crafted. Um, I liked the look of it. I like that the the hand concept. I like the kind of mechanics of it, and I like the effects work. Like I I liked the. Um, Pretty much all the makeup effects and stuff that were at play here. Like that scene with Riley was very disturbing <laughs> to me because it yes. it looked so real and it was just so brutal. And um, they did such a good job with the makeup effects and all of that. So, pro- you know, props to them. I'm not sure if you are you familiar with these directors at all. Um, they're actually YouTubers. They they come from YouTuber. They they're YouTuber. They come from YouTuber. They come from YouTube. <laughs> they have a, a they have a very popular channel called Racka Racka, and they've made like lots of kind of short short films on YouTube that are sort of like maybe like parodies of you like typical YouTube vlog type videos, but they all have like kind of a horror slant to them. Like they all okay. they like they end up you know, having violent ends and stuff. Like their, their, their videos are quite good. Um, and I, like, it's always impressive. Like the effects work that they are able to, to do in, in these YouTube videos and stuff. So I was expecting good effects work in this movie. And I wa- I definitely wasn't disappointed in that regard. So also, I also, sorry, go ahead. A quick question, a quick question, because I was slightly confused about this or just maybe not confused, just maybe wondering about some choices. Like I just found everything with the dad to be bizarre. So did he's I not, he, like, he's not a character. And then at the end, it's just like, yeah, we'll throw him in there for this. I guess it is really weird because he's not even present for m- almost the entire runtime. And then, there's like a like a pivotal thing happens with him, and at that point you're like, "All right, so you know, so, why why is why is this happening?" Like, yeah, it's what's, just what's like going they, on they, here. They ran out of people to harm. Yeah, and I mean, I like, guess well, he's there. He's there. We we can do stuff to him. I guess they didn't they didn't fill their their shock quota. They needed to give us something else shocking to happen yeah but. and i think just uh, the, that coupled with some of the other things just it you know it felt all too familiar yeah uh overall i would say that i i still in, enjoyed it so let's give it a score i'm at like a six and a half on this one okay i'm at like a five straight down the middle for you Got straight it. straight down the middle like it starts off really strong and I like the idea and the mechanics of it, like you said, but it just, it's like, they didn't do anything with it. They just kind of rehash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely see that. All right. That's talk to me again. That's available now on VOD. It's like a, the, the, the premium one. I think it's going to be on regular VOD early. I think it was like early October. I read something like that. Anyway, let's talk about some of what we've been watching. Uh, Kevin, I believe it is your turn this week. Okay, I watched Salem's Lot from Toby Hooper. Hell yeah, dude. Salem's Lot. 
184 minutes, man. Uh, I gotta say, I was I was a little bit disappointed by this. Like, I still I still thoroughly enjoyed it. It's Toby Hooper. It's Stephen King. It got a great Stephen King vibe to it. It's just it's well made, but there was just nothing that like kind of like took it over the top for me. But still, Stephen King adaptation, thoroughly enjoyable. You know, just on like a like baseline entertainment level. You know what I'm looking for when I'm going into a Stephen King adaptation. Um, I just I don't know. I felt like I was gonna get more. I'm not sure why, but I just I thought there was gonna be more. You know, especially with Toby Hooper. And just nothing jumped out at me from a, like a filmmaking standpoint, you know, like technical aspects or anything. Yeah. But like, the, you know, great job of capturing like the, the location, the setting, the atmosphere, that kind of thing. That top notch. Great stuff. Great cast. Just uh, slightly disappointing. And it just made me think about Stephen King adaptations in general, you know. I think I can speak for you that we both enjoy them immensely, even when they're not good. They still deliver. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see that documentary whenever it comes out. It's just the only thing that I I wonder if it's just like he kind of like fell out of favor or whatever. But it was just it's something about like the older adaptations where it was always like a big name director. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And now it's just like. A bunch of nobodies. Did you know that there there's a new pet cemetery that's coming out in like next month? Wait, and yeah. like another one yeah. or no? Like a, no, it's not a. It's like a sequel. It's not a. It's not like a reboot oh. or anything. It's like a whole new. Oh, okay. Gotcha, a whole gotcha. new chapter. Oh boy. It's gonna be on. Uh, it's gonna be on like Paramount Plus or one of those. I think. Oh, that's it's not. Oh yeah, bloodlines. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's sure cemetery. it's bloodlines. I'm sure it's gonna be bad, but you know, I'll watch it anyway. Cool. Huh. Uh, so that's Salem's Lot. Uh, I remember almost nothing about Salem's Lot. I remember watching it, but uh, that's like pr- basically it. Uh, I saw I saw some some kind of high profile stuff recently. I saw oh, Barbie, um, Greta Gerwig. I think a, huh. a lot of people have seen this movie at this point. But it's mm-hmm. uh, it's out on VOD now. Unfortunately, this came out like right when I had my kids, so like I couldn't I couldn't get to the theater to I couldn't experience the Barbenheimer, uh, mm-hmm. the duo. Yeah, like you like missed out. Of, I, I was a little disappointed in that, but you know, uh, I had a kid, so a little bit understandable. So I liked the Barbie movie. I didn't love it. But I thought it was fine. Like, it was exactly kind of what I expected it to be and nothing more, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. One thing that I will say is the, like, the production design on this is out of control. Like, it is so good. Like, this movie looks awesome. And that's really the highlight for me is just all of the sets, all of the the crazy, like, vehicles and, uh, like, backgrounds like everything is practical and and like there's like scenes where they travel from like barbie land to like the real world and like they're on like jet skis and stuff and it's all like kind of like construction paper type backgrounds and stuff and it looks it just looks so good um and like all of the like everything in barbie land 
is so cool uh the way that it's designed it's understandable that they ran out of pink because of this movie uh, because it's it is quite intense and the sets are very big um it, it's a very big movie it was pretty funny. There were a lot of really funny moments. Uh, I, I understand the the how like the um, like the alpha alpha male incel crowd might might ha- find it to be like problematic gender wise, but it was all like it was it was all true. Like there there there's nothing offensive about this movie. It's pretty wholesome. So I I don't take any issue with it there, and I think that it's ridiculous if anybody actually does and just shows that the, that people are insecure little babies um you know it, it, funny at times I, margot robbie and ryan gosling were great i love the ken character is so ridiculous and then i think my favorite character was alan played by michael Sarah. <laughs> like alan is really funny and i like that the that it's a movie that that is very self-aware and it's a movie that can like like mattel is okay making fun of the Barbie property. Like there were like, you know, there were missteps over the years with, with Barbie and they highlight those missteps in this movie. And I, I liked it overall. I liked, I liked the messaging and, and everything. So I would give it a, a recommend, you know, there, there are some like musical numbers and stuff here and there that I wasn't a huge fan of. And I didn't feel like all of the comedy hit for me. But mm-hmm. overall, still a pretty good time. So I, I give Barbie a recommend. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, my dad's in town. He wants to watch it. So I'm likely oh, yeah. going likely to see it for a second time, which I'm actually like not really looking forward to. So I, I don't know how a second watch is going to be for me on this one. Interesting. Yeah. That should be fun. Uh, I watched Mr. Klein from 1976. It's directed by Joseph Losey. Uh, this is on the Criterion Channel. This was a part of their. They had like a, I think it was Euro thrillers, mm. like a block of Euro thriller type movies. So I had to check this out. Alan Delon in the in the titular role is Mr. Klein, and uh, Mr. Klein, what he plays is uh he's a fucking kind of like a piece of shit. He's a he's a successful art dealer in France, and this is during the Nazi occupation. Uh, so a lot of Jewish people are kind of having to flee, right? And they're, they're having, they're forced to sell some of their, their artworks and stuff. So they go to Mr. Klein and he kind of, you know, takes advantage of the situation and kind of gets, you know, kind of screws a lot of people over. And, uh, but it comes back to bite him in the ass because what happens is there's a Jewish man by the name of Mr. Klein, same name. And he starts getting like that guy's like mail and stuff like the Jewish news newsletter and like the authorities start going after him, trying to round him up. And he's trying to essentially prove his identity that he's, you know, a full blooded Frenchman. And he's not he's not Jewish in any way whatsoever. And he essentially becomes like obsessed, just absolutely obsessed with this man kind of becomes his own little detective like trying to find this guy and track him all across France and everything so much so that he finds him and like his his friend is like a lawyer and he's you know he's helping him out he's like oh I got you know your your paperwork that proves that you're not this man but at that point he's too far gone that he actually gets on the train 
to go to Auschwitz to find this guy because he's on the train too. So that's how obsessed he becomes. And just there's one sequence in it. I mean, the whole movie's great. That's just fantastic filmmaking. Yeah. But there's one sequence in particular where like all the cops and like the some of the military like get together to like round up everyone like throughout the town and there's like no dialogue it's just incredible filming choreography you know the police cars the music the editing like every single aspect of this like eight minute stretch is just absolutely perfect it's incredible yeah this looks awesome i gotta add this to my to my list for sure this looks like it's right up my alley like it it's it's good Cool. Uh, that's Mr. Klein from 1976. Check it out on the Criterion channel. Uh, I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Yes. This is, uh, Tell me about it. Directed by Jeff Rowe. Loved it. This movie yes. is great. For anyone who grew up with the, with the turtles, like we did, uh, mm-hmm. this, is, this is just a must-see. There's so much, like... It's like... It's nostalgia without, like shoving the nostalgia in your face. It's like natural nostalgia in this. Um, It's uh, the animation is awesome. I mean, it looks incredible. It's, you know, got, it's got a unique, I'm sure the people are going to compare it to uh, the Spider-Man animated movies, you know, across the Spider-Verse. It's, uh, it's similar to that in that it's not your typical CG. Um, it's designed to sort of look like it's all hand drawn, like comic booky, um, mm-hmm. and it's gorgeous. I mean, it's more Jeff Rowe is the the guy who did. Um, I think he was involved with the Mitchells versus the Machines. I want to say um, he wrote that, I don't, and I don't know if he was like involved in. Anything. He was a co director. Yeah. So yeah, if you saw the Mitchells versus the Machines, it's that kind of animation. Uh, which really suits the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like property uh, suits it very well. This is funny. It's exciting. It's fun. Um, the there's a ton of mutants in it, which I like. Uh, they don't they don't just go up against Shredder. You know, every I think every not every but <laughs> almost all of the T T M N T movies they're just going up against Shredder. You know, and that's fine. Like he's the big main villain. But this movie, they're going up against Baxter Stockman, and I, I like that. And I like the fact that they brought in a ton of the like kind of side characters from the franchise, and it, it was just it was super fun. Um, so highly recommend Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. It is uh, quite good. This is out on VOD now, so you can check it out. I'm I'm very excited that I think they're working on a sequel, uh, and uh, I'm very excited for that because this this is definitely it's tough, man. Because you know Spider Man came out this year too, and I, I'm sure that that's going to be the one that wins all the awards. But it, it and it's mm-hmm. a shame though because I I feel like this one is just as deserving. In fact, I I would say that I might have liked this one even more. I Ooh. I think that I actually liked the narrative, the story of this one more than uh, across the spider verse. Now, my question would be is, does that, 
do the turtles get a little bit of a bias? Because I would imagine you were like me, where turtles were bigger for you than Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, there there might be some bias in there, but but really, the one of the issues that I had with Across the Spider-Verse was that um, I I felt like it, it it almost felt like they were stretching the story. They were padding it to to make it into two parts, where like really it was probably like one and a half movies, but like they they needed to just fill in some gaps. And mm-hmm. the the thing about Across the Spider Verse that bugged me a little bit, where there were like a little bit, there were too many heart to hearts. It was like really great action scene, but then there'd be like a heart to heart, and then there'd be another great action scene, heart to heart, and mm-hmm. it was a little bit annoying. That's not to say I didn't like the movie. I love I loved it, but you know that that was just kind of a nitpick that I had. Whereas this movie is just really light fun the whole time and amazing soundtrack too. You got an incredible like '90s hip hop soundtrack on this. Okay. They even play nice. ODB. They 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 play ODB at one point. So it's uh yeah, it's awesome. Good. I'm looking forward to this. I'm glad. Uh, I watched uh, Summer Party Massacre. Oh, hell yeah. I, 1982. Criterion currently has a... Criterion Channel has a... Uh, it's like high school horror. Oh, man. Uh, th- yeah, yeah. Check that out. That's... They got a bunch of stuff on there. Unfortunately, a lot of it I've already seen. Yeah. But there's a couple things in there that I haven't. This being one of them. Looks like this is uh, on Tubi as well. Oh, yeah. It's on Tubi. Arrow. Crackle. Crackle. Is Crackle still around? I guess so. No, it's not. Hold on. Sidetrack. I, re- I remember before we talked about Tubi all the time, we talked about Crackle a lot. Yeah, Crackle's, crackle. Crackle's still around. Still going. They got San Andreas. But why does it crackle? Remember that? That was like the, all the whole thing. Like, what makes this crackle? Terrible. Terrible. This does. This is not. This is not Tubi level. I'm sorry. This Uh-oh. is a Tubi knockoff. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. They do have Unsolved Mysteries, though. Robert Stack episodes. Nice. All right, back to Slumber Party Massacre. Uh, early on in this movie, I love when this type of thing happens, right? There, there's two high school kids. There's a woman fixing, like, the telephone line. And, of course, the, the one guy, like, starts hitting on her and, like, helping her with her ladder, taking it to the van and everything. You know, he's being just a bit too much hitting on her and everything. They start walking away. They kill her, snatches her, pulls her into the van. Right? The next shot is them, like, uh, a decent distance away from the van, just walking, having their conversation. Van in the background, her kind of, like, panicking, hands up on the back windshield, like, you know, screaming for help. And just that shot, like, the way in which that was filmed and just like the focal depth of it and everything, like everything about it. I was just like, Oh shit, this is going to be special. Like this is going to be more than just like a, like a knockoff slasher type film. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just love when something like that happens early where it kind of gets you to sit up in your seat a little bit. Like, Oh shit, this is going to be something more than what I was expecting. And I got to say it lived up to that. Like this to me, this felt more than just like a knockoff, you know, just, you know, slasher. You're, you're, yeah, your typical 80s yeah. slasher. Yeah, exactly. And it, like you got some of it that had me a little bit worried, like the, you know, the point of view type stuff where you're like, oh, shit, here we go. 
here we go. But I did love that Amy Jones was kind of like messing with that, where you got multiple different point of views. Mm-hmm. You had some misdirection. You had point of view from victims and the killer, and then we kind of dropped the POV thing, and you just see the killer like stalking around outside the the properties and stuff. Just, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. This turned out to be much better than what I was expecting in terms of like filmmaking. Yeah, I I think that this is a this is a really great um, this is a great movie. I I think that its title maybe kind of makes it out to be something that it's that it's not like yeah. you know it makes yeah, it, it, it's kind of cheesy sounding. It sounds like it's going to be super campy and and you know some it's it is at it is. points but. Um, still, yeah, great, great series, uh, like, you know, bonus that it's a, a female horror director. Uh, I love women in horror. Uh, and this, the slumber party massacre series, uh, all of the movies are directed by women. All they call the sequels. So, you know, I mean, I think I'm going to have to look into this well, the only thing that i've sequels that are I've not, found they're not on the same level yeah. just just so you know oh yeah no i can tell i'm looking at the poster for number two the, 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 it's the guitar sort of... it's the yeah, a guitar the... Gr- drill <laughs> yeah it's what ridiculous God's name? <laughs> it's ridiculous but i will say the only thing that was kind of bizarre about this one like i understand what they're doing is like the neighbor the like her little sister was played by like an adult but acting, like overacting, like overcompensating as a, like a little sister, and it was just weird. Just that whole character was bizarre. One thing you should do is check out the the remake. Well, it's not a remake; it's a, it's a new sequel that they made. A new sequel. Yeah they they made a Slumber Party Massacre in twenty twenty one, and it's uh, that one's interesting. They check that out as well. Yeah, they that's on Shutter. They do they do some interesting things. With that one, uh, it's kind of refreshing. But the other part two and part three are, are kind of trash. Oh, yeah. I Th- mean, those are pretty much it, just standard 80s slasher movies. They're still fun, but, you know. Cool. So that's Slumber Party Massacre. That's a that's a classic. That's an 80s horror classic. Uh, moving, on, moving on from that to something that's definitely not going to be regarded as a classic, and that's The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Uh, this is directed by Andre Overdahl. Now this, there were a, a number of things that piqued my interest with this one. One, it is like a period piece that takes place on a ship, and mm-hmm. it's it's a horror movie. So I, I like I like that. Like I was, I'm a huge fan of any any movie that takes place like isolated on a ship, especially if it's like a period piece. Um, and then it the director. This is the guy who did the autopsy of Jane Doe, which. I love he did troll hunter, which I thought was fine. He did scary stories to tell in the dark, which I didn't, I didn't love, but I thought was fine. So, you know, uh, at least three of his movies that I saw were pretty good. So, you know, I had reasonable expectations for this one. Mm -hmm. I knew it was a vampire movie. I did not know that it was a Dracula movie. Like I didn't know. I was just a, gonna say you're kind of beating around the bush there i think the yeah. first thing for most people is dude it's dracula on yeah a boat i i did not i actually didn't know that it was 
adapted from uh from the from Dracula. So after you after I figured found that out, I was like, okay, Dracula on a boat just killing people. I'm I'm into it. Uh unfortunately, this is a very by the numbers, like it is not interesting. It is it's kind of rough, man. The the script is just not there. The characters are not there. Um, the one thing that I will say that it is quite good is like the, the, the special effects, like the, the, the creature design of Dracula. And he doesn't just like bite people on the neck. He like destroys people in this movie. Like he decimates people. He rips them apart. He smashes their faces into like the side of the ship and like destroys their whole head like he just he goes to town on these people um but the 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 thing is it's just it's not that interesting like you know how it's gonna end from the beginning like there's no there's no question about how this is gonna play out you got dracula on a ship and these guys they're no match for dracula come on now it was it also like, just doesn't sound like Dracula, though. Like, I don't think he would be that messy. You lose a lot of blood that way. You know what I mean? That's what I thought at first, too. And also, like, he, like some people get turned. So so he ends up, like, turning some people. Oh, now he's got to share blood? Yeah, but, well, yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't play out that way. But, but yeah, he, he does turn some people. And, yeah, unfortunately, uh, this just didn't, didn't really do it for me. Like it looked okay. Um, obviously everything takes place at night for the most part and it's on a dark ship. So, you know, visibility on this movie is pretty low. Also one little nitpick that bothered me was the lanterns in this were clearly like led lights. <laughs> like they, <What>? yeah, like, <laughs> they, like they didn't use real lanterns because there was no flickering. It was just like a solid, like yellow light. And that, nice. that really bothered me. There was, there was like one scene where they did like, they like zoomed in on the lantern where they were like snuffing them out. And th- those were clearly real, but for the, for the most part, they were just like kind of led looking, looking things. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was, it was interesting because I piggybacked this off of watching the, the one piece live action series on Netflix. And, you know, with, with that show, they built all of those ships and built all of the sets in, in they were all done practically for the one piece show. And they were just so crazy looking and elaborate. And then you go from that to like this, where it's like this just very generic looking, you know, ship set that, that was not visually appealing, you know, whatsoever. So, yeah, I can't really recommend the last voyage of the Demeter. It, it, It didn't really work for me. That's a bummer. Let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. We got It Lives Inside coming out. Pretty sure that's like the only, I think that that might be the only like main major release. I like that we're getting into spooky season. I'm excited oh, yeah. for that. There's there's uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of horror movies on the, on the horizon that I'm excited for. VOD this week. On the 18th, we have My Animal. And then on the 22nd, we have Barber. We got Everybody Dies by the End. We got Dark Asset. We got The Origin of Evil. 
What is that one? We got neither confirm nor deny. What is the origin of evil? When Stephanie reconnects with her estranged billionaire father, she struggles to find her place in a world of luxury, bitter, bitter jealousies, and dark family secrets. Oh, no. Stephanie also part. has her own secret to hide. Oh, everybody has secrets. This looks interesting. Goodness. On Netflix on the 19th, we have The Saint of Second Chances. We got, uh, and then on the 27th, or sorry, the 22nd, we have Spy Kids Armageddon. That keep that Spy Kids thing going. Still, still going, Sean. Yeah, still going. Blu-ray this week. The Exorcist is coming out in 4K. I'm sure that that's in, in uh, anticipation of the new one coming out. What's your take on the new Exorcist? We didn't really talk about that. Have you seen the trailer for it? Do you know anything about it? Nope. I didn't know that this was happening. Yep. There's a new Exorcist, uh, David Gordon Green's one. Oh, give me what? Come on. I, I, Come I on. hope it. I hope it's good. I'm. I'm like. You know. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm hopeful. Um, let's see what else we have here. The Last Dragon from 1985 coming out in 4K. We've got The Lost City of Z from 2016 getting a 4K release. Cocaine Bear from earlier this year getting a 4K release. Fall, which is that one that I had mentioned last episode. I think it was last episode. I can't remember, actually. The one where they get stuck on the giant radio tower. Uh, uh, that's yeah, coming out. Yeah. That one's, that one's 4K? worth it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That one's, that, that one's worth a look. Past Lives is coming out. I would give that a light recommend. Uh, actually, no, just a straight up recommend for that one. Uh, Ringu is coming out in 4K. That's the the Arrow release. They previously released the the all all the Ring movies, I think. Um, but now mm-hmm. they're now they're getting the 4K treatment. Little Mermaid's coming out in 4K. That's the the live action one. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Lost Souls from 2000. It's getting a Blu-ray release. Bad City. I've uh, got the de- the Dead Mother from 1993. Um, Santo versus Infernal Men from 1961. Uh, Slaughterhouse is coming out. Uh, Dry Ground Burning. Audrey Pio. That one looks so bad. That's the Sh- the Shia LaBeouf one. Abel mm. Ferrara. Like oh, I, yeah. I, I'll usually check out Abel Ferrara movies just out of curiosity, but that one looks so bad to me. Uh, what about Criterions? Uh, we have one, and that's Orson Welles' The Trial from 1962. Kafka. Yeah. Adaptation. Heck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Get that new 4K. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcastfilmpulse.net. You could consider reviewing us on iTunes. That'd be great. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Yeah.